In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 154 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm super excited to be here with you today, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend and fellow coach, Kristen Rice. And I'll tell you a little bit more about her in just a moment, but I just wanted to let you know that I've recently opened the doors to early enrollment to the Love Incubator. Now, the Love Incubator used to be a group coaching program, and based on a lot of soul searching and feedback, I have transitioned it to be a one-on-one program with a group element. So it's six months long, and you get one one one-on-one session with me a month, and then a group check-in call once a month as well. And then we'll have either a private Voxer or Slack group so that we can communicate easily without having to go on Facebook. So you get support around the clock and in between our sessions. Now, I just want to be really clear here that this is the only way to work with me moving forward one-on-one. So once enrollment and or the spots close for or they fill up for the Love Incubator, that's it. There's no other way to work with me one-on-one right now in my business. And that's not going to be changing anytime soon. And I probably won't be offering the Love Incubator next year. And I'm definitely not offering it again this year. So I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's on my to-do list to work with you one-on-one or let me know next time. But that's not really going to be the case anymore. There is no next time. And 
you can have it on your to-do list and wish list and you just want to keep it there, that's totally fine. But if you actually want to check that thing off your to-do list and do the work with me so that I can help you transform your love life, um, then this is your chance. This is your opportunity. So if you've been feeling the pull, but for whatever reason have been putting it off or convincing yourself you don't need it or shouldn't spend the money or whatever it is, then let this be your sign that time, time, time no more for the procrastinating. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. We'll have that link in the show notes so you can learn more about how the program works. And that's also the place you can uh, click to sign up for an incubator exploratory call. So there's no buy now button or anything like that. You schedule a call with me and we go over any questions, any hesitations that you have so we can talk about it. And you're going to feel 100% clear on whether or not the love incubator is right for you. So even if you're not 100% sure, I highly, highly recommend that you hop on a exploratory call with me so that you can get to that 100% certainty, whether it's a yes or a no. So again, the link there is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And I really encourage you to schedule that call with me as soon as possible because there are literally so many hours in the day and I don't want you to miss out on having that conversation because that's the only way to join the incubator. There's no buy now button. I just want to make sure it's the right fit for you. And also that what you want me to help you with is something that I can actually help you with. So it's very much a two way street. And there we'll talk about the payment options. Um, If you pay in full, you actually get a bonus one-on-one, like an extra one-on-one session with me before we officially get started in March. And uh, whether or not you pay in full, there is an extended payment plan option if you join us early, which is now. Um, And you also get to join my um, free workshop that's for for the incubators who sign up early. And that is all about attracting in more money to you. And that's only available if you enroll early. So lots of good reasons to enroll early. Also, there are limited spots and the spots will likely fill through early enrollment. So there won't even be a quote unquote regular enrollment, most likely. So get in while you can. All right, so on to today's episode. I'm really excited about this episode because I often hear from women, and I don't know if these women are newer on my email list or my community or have been around for a while and and, and then finally, um, you know, reply back to one of my emails or something like that. But I often hear a story around something that's happened either in childhood or with their family or even just a more recent relationship. And there's just this sense of I'm broken. Is it too late for me? It's not going to happen. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not meant for love or this kind of relationship. And it's really hard to respond to that kind of email, to be totally honest, because obviously I don't believe that at all. And I think that if you want love, you can have it. But it's almost just like, how do I even say that in an email? How do I convey that so that it's convincing? Because if they've been consuming my emails and my podcasts and they still don't believe that it's cut, they're cut out for love, then what can an email for me actually, actually do? That's my perspective anyways. And so I'm really excited to have this guest on today because she's actually a good friend of mine. And the reason why I'm excited is because this is probably the episode I will send them from now on when I get those either DMs on Instagram or in my inbox because Kristen's story could have gone definitely one of two ways. And and she definitely chose the way that, that is bringing her more joy and fulfillment and love for sure. 
But she could have very, 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 very easily gone the way where she just repeated some generational patterns and some cycles of abuse and violence and unhealthy relationships and all that kind of stuff. She came from a difficult childhood and we didn't get totally into the details. No need to necessarily rehash everything out, but there was definitely abuse and there was definitely very tumultuous and it was very extreme in a lot of ways um, from what might be considered, you know, on the spectrum of, you know, how good, how bad can your childhood be? And she could have very easily just bought into the belief like, well, this is just who I am. This is the way I am. Uh, This is how I was born. This is what I was born into, and nothing's going to change. But she chose a different path, and not only has she been able to heal herself, she helps people do that, um, you know, do the same. And not necessarily in relationships specifically, although I think that is a part of her work, but she's really just a spiritual guide that helps people heal through spiritual practice, through creating ritual in their life. And she also uses some of her energy work and her gifts around being a clairvoyant um, to to do that for her clients. So this is a really, really exciting conversation. Um, And one thing I just want to point out here before we get started is And we talk about this briefly at the end of the episode, but it's almost more like by accident it came up. And I just want to emphasize, because I think it's really important to hear, is that five years ago, she's going to share her story. It was only five years ago where she was at her rock bottom. And five years later, she has a husband, she has a baby, and she has a stepson. And that was only five years ago. And I often work with women who are in their mid to late 30s or early 40s who don't have kids yet. And they're very panicked that it's not going to happen for them. And one thing that Kirsten and I, or Kirsten and I talk a lot about in the episode is that this kind of stuff can actually happen fairly quickly, right? Like it doesn't have to be where you're dating for two years, engaged for a year, and then you get married and you have to be married for three years and you have your, you know, whatever the timeline that society says is appropriate or acceptable. Things can happen really fast. And I'm talking like within a matter of months, if you're in alignment with your energy, with your spirit, because then you're going to attract other people who are also in alignment. And that's just going to invite in a really healthy relationship that where you don't really have to go through kind of all of the crap that we go put ourselves through in dating just to get on the same page with our potential partner. So listen in for that as we as we talk about that. And you know, because there's some really deep things that that Kristen is saying, and I really want to make sure that you get it. So as you listen into our conversation, I want you to, want you to consider, do you think you're a lost cause? Do you think that you're too broken, can't be healed, and maybe just not cut out for love? Or do you hold on to relationships you know are bad for you, but you can't seem to let go of them for good? And did you come from a broken childhood or a difficult childhood, and now you believe that you're broken in some way and not lovable in some way? And are you in your 30s or mid-30s to early 40s, don't have kids, and panicked that you're running out of time and that it's not going to happen for you? So keep these questions in mind as you listen into my conversation with Kristen. Hi, Kirsten. Welcome to the show today. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited you're here. So obviously, I know you, but uh, my audience does not, or maybe they do, but probably not. So can you share or introduce yourself and share a little bit about the work you do in the world? 
Sure. So my name is Kristen Rice, and I have a um, spiritual and energetic healing company called Raw and Ritual, where I really work with people in very specific programs to help them remember who they are on a soul level and help them reconnect to themselves in a way that they've really never had before, never have thought about doing before, and just don't even really know that it's important. Um, I work with a lot of people who have everything that they thought they wanted on paper and thought that they should be like so happy and blissful by now and are just kind of in this place of like, why don't I feel better about my life than I do? And we really kind of work to get them into that inner work that actually makes you feel really fantastic about the life that you do already have. Um, And so it's, it's deeply meaningful and I just love it so much. And I use my intuitive gifts to help guide that process. Um, I'm clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, claircognizant. Um, and I also have the ability to channel. So um, able to kind of communicate with people a little bit of the unseen that they can't quite see in their lives as well. I love that. I love that. And I'm kind of curious, um, what do you find most people are quote unquote missing in their perfect lives? Oh, well, it's not necessarily that something external is missing. It's that connection with your self, you know, self with a big S, your soul, your who you are underneath all of the conditioning, all of the um, events that have happened in your life, all the labels that we put on ourselves. It's who you are deep, deep down inside and that connection with yourself and that connection with something greater in your life and the purpose and meaning behind it and really kind of peeling back into that connection. Um, that's really what's missing. And if you don't have that connection with yourself, that like, it's really hard to be connected with other people in a real meaningful way. Right. And that's, I love that you said that because that's so much of my message and what I teach It's because I think we think that, and, and I'm, well, I guess I'm speaking for myself when, oh, when I get a boyfriend or when I'm married, then like everything's going to be fine. I'm going to have my life figured out. I'm going to know who I am. I'm going to feel that sense of security and confidence. And um, yeah, it doesn't quite, <laughs> doesn't quite work like that. And plus, if there's that lack of connection with self, then you're probably not going to have that connection that you want, even if there is someone. In right. Life. Yeah. I feel like it's usually, um, we're, we tend to do everything backwards. In my opinion, it's like when I have that connection with myself, when I am truly filled up from the inside first, then I will find the perfect partner. Then everything will come into place. Then I will be, you know, enjoying my life so much that I'm actually attracting even more abundance and prosperity and beautiful things and beautiful connections and relationships. But when we're trying to outsource our love and belonging, it doesn't really work that way. Totally. Oh my gosh. And I have a question, and this is something that I'm, I, th- I find myself in inquiry just personally, um, is like what you're saying, I've totally experienced. Like when I'm feeling that, you know, that abundance and that gratitude and just feeling really good and fulfilled with the just in myself and the relationship with myself, then like things just come so easily, um, whether it's in my business or in personal life or wherever. But yet 
I still find it so challenging to stay in that space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I know that's the best way to get what I want, sometimes it's still so hard to stay there and and not be like, well, I I need to get more money or I need to have more time or I need to like, I don't know, lose five pounds or whatever it is. So what do you, what do you take on that? Like, why is it so hard for us to stay in that space, even though we know it's what works best? Yeah. Well, it's all energy. So um, Abraham Hicks has this beautiful energetic scale and um, it looks at our emotional state and the different um, vibrations of energy. So on the bottom you have, you know, things like depression and um, you know, anybody who's, which actually every human has experienced depression at some point in their life, some kind of, you know, maybe it's just an acute thing, but you've gone through a breakup, you've gone through something. Think about yourself at that, that depression and how like slow it feels like the world is, is kind of like you feel like you're in this lower place. And that's because the vibration of and the frequency of that emotion, that feeling is very, very low versus, you know, when you think of somebody who's super joyful and blissful, it's like, I almost have a picture coming up in my head of somebody skipping down the street, right? It's like the super high level energetic vibration. And so there's this range of emotions that starts from low and goes to high. And when you're in that, that state that you're talking about, that flow, that like where everything's working well, you're in a high vibrational state. The problem is everything is energy. Like we're all energy. There's so much going on in the world. Every Facebook status we read is energy that we're inputting, that we're processing. And so it gets really hard to stay in a high vibrational frequency when there's a lot of low vibrational stuff happening around us. So I think it's really important to be really selective in your life about um, who who has access to your energetic field. You know, I talk about like detoxing your social media, anybody that's constantly negative, anybody that is constantly putting off negative vibes that you are absorbing, get rid of them. You don't have to defriend them, but just like don't bear witness to it on a regular basis. And make sure that the people that are surrounding you in your circle are people that actually make you feel better when you leave their presence. I know that can be hard sometimes with family members and things like that, but just become more selective about who you're spending your time with, trying to keep your energy up in that way. And then, of course, there's spiritual tools, which is what I I help teach people, is how to stay in that alignment and frequency of that joy energy which is actually higher than what we consider happiness because happiness tends to be outsourced versus joy is something that comes from within. So for me, my connection to that higher frequency comes from a daily meditation practice um, that, you know, meditation for a lot of people is like, (laughs) they, they just don't even want to go there because it's not comfortable for the first year that you're doing it because it's a practice. It's like a muscle you're building. But once you build that muscle, it, it can really help. I mean, instantly. It used to be I would be having a bad day and I'd say, oh, I need a glass of wine. Now I say, I need to go meditate. <laughs> and it really just instantly clicks me out of there. So there's a bunch of different spiritual tools that can be used. And then also just being super selective about your energetic space, I think is really important. I love that. And I was actually just um, thinking that I had that same thought, um, you know, I just moved and settling in and it's like really freaking stressful. And I haven't really drank that much wine. I've been craving, like, I just want to sit and journal for a little bit, mm-hmm. or I just want to sit and meditate. And, um, like this is, it's actually kind of new for me too, to like 
and it's not that I don't enjoy wine. Like I still drink wine, but I'm not, um, you know, it's not, I'm not abstaining totally, but I just find myself craving different things. And so it's kind of interesting to explore that. Um, yeah. And just funny, like personally, what you're saying, like the energetics, um, I just deleted 1500 emails off my email list <laughs> because like every time I looked at these large chunk of people, not opening my emails, like it just drained me. And it yeah. kind of like really, it's not, it's not that it hurt my feelings, but it just, yeah, it just drained me. I'm like, Oh, what, what's wrong with me? What am I doing? And it just kind of sent me into victim mode. And so it was really scary to delete 15 because some people only have a list of like 1500 mm-hmm. people. And like, that's a good size list of so delete that many is just kind of crazy pants. Um, but it's just been so much lighter and better. And yeah. I mean, well, and I think it's, it's this interesting thing in business, right? Like, um, it's the difference between just wanting to serve the people that want to, want to be served, right? Yeah, like totally. to really just show up for the people who want to, who, who want to grow, want to learn. Totally. Totally. So without going too far down that rabbit hole, cause <laughs> you know, we could certainly talk about that forever. I'm sure. Um, I would, well, I, you know, I know you got married about almost exactly a year ago at the time of this, yeah. week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to hear a little bit about um, your experience with relationships, um, you know, how you've met your partner and how, not just like how you met him, like, oh, we were at a bar, or like whatever, mm-hmm. but like energetically how you're able to call him in because it wasn't all, you know, what I call unicorns pooping glitter, right? Yeah. Rainbows <laughs> and butterflies. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think just going back. So I, I've been married to my husband for about a year now and we didn't, you know, we had only been dating for maybe a year, a year and a half before we got married. So also the fact that when you meet the right person, it really happens. It can happen very quickly, which I think is something for your listeners to, I fully believe in like expanders and that a lot of times in order to call in what we want, we've got to change that subconscious belief system. And and to do that, we need to see good examples of that. And so just to let everybody know that, you know, it was instantaneous with my husband and it moves so quickly and it's the best relationship I've ever known in my life. And so it can happen really quickly. So just want to do a little there. (laughs) Going back though to, um, you know, pre him, I mean, I was, in just really terrible codependent relationships my whole life. Um, I had a lot of deep-seated self-worth issues. I was a child of abuse, neglect. Um, I had a very, very tumultuous childhood. And then after that, I made a lot of really bad decisions on my own, (laughs) which then puts me in like, put me in kind of like the shame jail. So I... I just was in relationship after relationship that that was really toxic and um, really searching for my worth in men. And that went through, like I went through a really promiscuous stage in my life in my early 20s where like that, that was how I was getting my external validation and then just serially dated people who you know, we're at the same level as me. And I think that's the most important thing when we're, when we're looking at our dating lives and we're looking at the people that are in our relationship with us, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. 
like on that energetic vibrational level, we attract the same vibration. So if we're constantly attracting people who are toxic, we also need to look at our role in that and where we are. Um, so I was just as bad as them, but I couldn't see it at the time. <laughs> so I think really when we go to, get to meeting my current husband, I have to look at my the most significant ex-boyfriend before that because he really held up a mirror to me um, in a way that it caused me to hit my rock bottom in my life. Um, I loved him more than anything in the world, and he loved me, and we had a terrible relationship. We fought constantly. We broke up over and over again. And, um, but he really forced me to see all the things in myself that I didn't want to see, like all the, all the shadow things that, um, the ways I wasn't showing up for myself, the way I wasn't showing up for the world. And, and so coming out of that relationship, it actually caused me to like go on a soul seeking journey. And it wasn't just that relationship. It was a lot of things. My physical health went into decline. I'd been sick for three years. And, um, just because I'm such an energetically sensitive person <laughs> with my intuitive stuff that my body actually held on to all of that energy, all the wounds, all the grief, everything that I hadn't processed. And so I remember I was on a phone call with him and I was talking about moving to the city he lived in. We lived an hour away from each other. And I, he called me up and said, Kristen, I don't think moving here is going to make you happy. I think that there's something else that needs to happen for you to be happy with yourself, but moving here isn't the answer. And I have never been more mad in my entire life. I'd been dating him for three years and I was like, this guy that I love that I've been dating doesn't want me to move to a city. And I was livid, but it is the turning point of my life because it was so true. And I knew it was true. And that's why I was so mad. And in that moment, I had just purchased my first deck of Oracle angel cards, which is an intuitive tool that I love to use. And I was like, I heard as soon as I hung up, hung up the phone, you can't do this anymore. And I said, interesting. I just got this tool. I'm going to see what the cards say. I'm going to shuffle these cards. God, I said a prayer. Please just give me a message. Tell me what I need to do in this. And I drew the card that said, walk away which is like, <laughs> I mean, I the most, <laughs> I, it's like the first time I'd ever used them. It was like, here, I need to know what to do. And I got this walk away card and I'm like, okay, message received. And at the time I, I knew, you know, I was moving for multiple reasons. I didn't want to be in the career I was in anymore. I didn't want to be in the city I was in anymore. And I was kind of hoping this relationship was going to save me. And so in that moment, I just asked myself, okay, if I just let everything else fall away. And I asked myself, what do I want to do right now in this exact moment? What is it? And it was travel. And I was broke. I was so broke. So then I got, got on Google and Googled, like, where can I go for the cheapest amount of money? <laughs> and I ended up um, two months later, you know, selling everything I owned, quitting my job, breaking up with that, that guy and going to travel to Asia to help heal myself and all the things that had been holding me back. And so I went on the spiritual journey I came back to the States, moved to California, and kind of just re-began my life. Um, and in that process, you know, dated and did, you know, the apps and all that stuff. And, and 
really it was all of a sudden I was seeing a different caliber of person come in because I had done all that inner work on myself to elevate who I was, to elevate my self-worth, to see what um, I wanted. And, you know, that the person that I dated before, like still wanted a relationship and I still loved him. And I knew that I couldn't do that to myself again. I couldn't betray myself by going back into a relationship that was toxic. And that was the difference about from doing all of the work <laughs> and seeing what I was worthy of and, and what I valued. And it wasn't that, you know, this person just needed to do his work too. We were no longer in alignment, right? It wasn't right. before we were aligned, before we were at the same level. And then I did all this work and I was like, I can't go back down. I have to keep going forward. Um, and so that was an extremely difficult decision. And I feel like a very um, poignant test from the universe <laughs> to say, do you, st- do you really believe you're worthy of something better? Do you really believe you're worthy of what it is that you actually want? And so, um, so then I did, you know, I did the dating thing. I dated some people casually and, and I was on Bumble, which was the only app that I used. And, it's, and I so didn't care about dating. And I think that's the thing too. Like I was so happy. It was the happiest I'd ever been in my life. I was living alone. Like I actually was spending so much time alone, but I was like really enjoying it and enjoying my life. And um, so I'd get on the app when I was bored and I would like swipe a ton of people because I'd only do it like once a week. And then the next day I'd have like all these people and I'd be like, oh crap. Then I'd be like overwhelmed. <laughs> like not want to do it at all. And so then it, I'm I was sure like, a lot of people listening can relate to that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, it just, it wasn't a daily practice. So it was just like, I get so overwhelmed and I'd only answer one or two people. And so the interesting thing with my husband is he is 10 years older than me. He had a son already, um, by a previous marriage and on his Bumble app, he was saying, you know, it was all pictures of him and his son. And it said, you know, divorced, whatever, seven years, great relationship, blah, blah, no drama. So not what I was looking for. When we think about like who we're swiping or who we're not, I was looking for like the global traveler who was, you know, into music and doing all these things. And I thought I knew what I wanted. And I dated that same version of that guy over and over and over and over again. Story of my life. I was seeing the same guy over and over again. I mean, it was a different guy, but right. But it's yeah, I thought I what I what I wanted was like some political hot shot because I was like the Obama campaign, you know? So Yes. And then so I it was so interesting when he came up because he, I, he would have been everything that I would have swiped. I don't even remember now left, I guess if it's yeah, now, that I would have swiped left on, but something inside me and this, you know, this goes with like the whole intuition, spirituality, my, my inner self, like I paused on it forever. Cause I was like, I should swipe left. Like, I know I should swipe left, but I don't want to, like, I want to swipe right on this guy and I have no idea why. And so I did. And then, you know, it was the next day I had all the messages and then I like picked two people to respond to. And he wasn't one of them. Cause I was like, I don't even know why I swiped right on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, you know how they can extend. So he extended his time for the next day. And I was like, oh, and I was still kind of just like not really paying attention and then he, I had my Instagram handle on there. And so he friend, like followed me on Instagram. 
And I was like, that guy looks familiar. And I went back to Bumble and I was like, well, that's persistent. So then I messaged him because I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're putting in a little bit of effort here. And, you know, said something like, oh, I see you're stalking me. Like, da 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 And we started talking. We went out on a date. And, um, and the rest is really history. But I just think it's interesting, too, because we have this idea of what we want and what we need in a relationship. And oftentimes, we have no clue what we actually need. And we have no clue what we actually want. My husband is the absolute best partner that I could ever imagine for myself. It has been so deeply healing and nourishing to me on so many levels to have a partner like him. We are so different, so different in life. Like when, for for example, if he goes to the grocery store and I say, get this, I say, whichever one you, you are going to get, get the opposite. Because that's how different we are. But it works. It works in so many ways. And how so are you guys different? I know that's what my listeners are thinking to themselves right now. Um because I'm just I'll just preface the question because like yeah. a lot of people think like, well, if we don't agree on the same things politically or if we don't have the same mm-hmm. hobbies or you know, whatever, then it's not gonna work out. Which, yeah. you know, like I don't necessarily agree with, but I know that's probably what's going through their mind right now. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting because there are some things that are similar and some things that are different. So yeah. like, you know, we went to an Avid Brothers concert, so we both liked them. So that's nice. But otherwise, like I can't stand being in his car because I hate the music he puts on <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> like he's all 80s and I'm like country. Oh, that's and, what CD likes too. I hate yeah. That. Yeah. So, you know, it's like things like that. Um, TV shows usually were like on the opposite movies politically we're very much aligned so that's mm-hmm. that's good um you know from a religion and spirituality standpoint i mean i'm kind of on the wild spectrum of spirituality so i don't really expect people to be all the way over there but he's he lets me be me and he's open and he just supports me and that's i feel like that's what's most important i think when it comes to romantic relationships instead of looking for somebody who is just like you. It's so much richer to look for the partner that actually makes a really great partnership, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's you've got if you think about a business partnership, you don't want two of the same people running running a business. You want two people that have different skill sets, two people that bring different things to the table that can come together to create something so much bigger than they could do on their own. And I think it's the same thing in romantic relationships. Totally. You know, that's why we work so well. We are such good partners. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, just along the lines of what I said earlier, like I was just dating not only the same guy over and over again, but a a male version of myself, Mm -hmm. essentially. And so like, no wonder why there was no chemistry or spark because it was boring. Mm -hmm. It was like so predictable. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's, very similar to me too. We were very much my my old partners and I were very much the same in in the way that we were. Totally. Um, so I just have a few follow up questions from your story, which I so appreciate you sharing. So I know my audience will love to hear that. Um, it's not so much a question. The first thing, just kind of like a like a wow, that's fascinating that your ex boyfriend like had the awareness to basically call and say, Hey, you're not going to be happy when you 
if you move here or whatever. Um, which, you know, if it was a toxic relationship and like attracts like that, that seems to be like a pretty like highly, um, I don't know what the word is like conscious thing or highly aware thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of curious to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing with that relationship is we were both, we, we were both doing our own individual work kind of right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he had read the power of now and, you know, I was reading sacred contract, you know, we were reading all these things and we were growing in that way. And we both, um, we both, we're deeply intuitive and sensitive people in general at the same time. We're also life of the parties. And like, so it's interesting, but like on, on that deeper level, we really were in that same place. And I think sometimes when you are a really feeling person and when you have the, when you're an empath and you have the capacity to feel and see other people for who they really are, he could really see me for who I was and I could see him for who he was, but you also have the capacity to feel as much pain and as much grief and have as much conflict and like just be in those places. And so our relationship wasn't toxic in a way that it wasn't coming from a loving place. Mm -hmm. Um, We deeply loved and respected each other and cared for each other. And that's why we fought so hard for it to work. But at the bottom line and end of the day, we were both just hurt people that were trying to make something work. So if you, if you've got two people who aren't in a good place, your relationship will never be in a good place. And that's just, that's just the bottom line. And so he was the biggest gift to me in my entire life because he's the one that showed me the truth of who I was in that moment and how I needed to grow within myself, not just from that phone call, but from the whole relationship. I mean, that's why the relationship was so painful for both of us because we forced each other to see each other for who we really were at that time. Um, So there was a lot of consciousness there, uh, almost too much because we, I think that's what kept us in it because we were always like talking about, (laughs) talking about it all. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes you can get just like, to start like talking and talking and talking about it, but then you actually have to like live it or embody it. Otherwise it almost becomes like, this is just my experience. It almost becomes not like a burden, but um, can almost be like, Oh my God, we're not, you know, acting like this or doing this. And then I can just, you know, throw you through a tailspin. Um, So, okay. You went to Thailand and other parts of Asia, maybe, or just Thailand? Yeah, so I went to I went to Thailand. I lived in Cambodia for three months, and then um, went to Bali. Okay, awesome. So you almost had like your eat, pray, love. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were traveling, you know, it's like a lot of times people will say, "Oh, you know, I was traveling and I on a spiritual quest and I was healing." What does it actually look like? Like if someone wanted to do that, let's say that was listening, whether it was like a 10 day version of it, or like, I don't know, a 10 year version of it, like, what kind of stuff did you do? Um, Did you work with people over there? Were you just by yourself? Or did you like build a community? Like what, what happened? So the first thing I did, I spent a month in Thailand by myself. And um, I, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. (laughs) and beautiful. You know, it was, it was really interesting. I felt almost a sense of relief as soon as I 
you know, got settled in there and had all these beautiful experiences. You know, I went on like these three day hikes and, and, but it can be really lonely, but I think that it's in that loneliness that you find, you find what's actually happening because what happens is we distract ourselves with our modern world and with people and with our jobs and with things. And we don't actually cultivate a listening practice about what we're feeling and what's happening. And I needed to just be alone to let myself be where I was and feel what I was feeling. And so there was a lot of ups and downs, but really it just looked like I was working. I was freelancing a little bit to help support me, but it looked like getting up and writing in the morning and then exploring a village and then, um, you know, grabbing dinner and reading a book and going to sleep. It was just very basic mm-hmm. for the first month. And then I went to Cambodia for three months and I stayed at a place um, called Vagabond Temple. And at that time, I think it's grown quite a bit now, but at that time there was about 20 to 25 people staying there and it was, um, like a spiritual home. So you had 25 travelers who were staying there. They had a community program, which was like amazingly discounted for three months. So that's what, one of the reasons I did it. Cause it was super cheap. It was like all meals included. You had a bed and daily yoga, meditation, Dharma talks, spiritual. So I just stayed there for three months and did the work, right? I did the work to really um, help heal all the things inside of me that needed to be healed. And I trained to be a Reiki practitioner and learned so much, um, really stepped up my next level of learning and then, um, went to Bali for, um, another retreat held by a mentor and spent some time there and then ended up coming back to the States when a family member of mine had passed, but it, it was a deeply transformative experience. And I think there's this, um, concept of Bodhisattva, in the, um, in the yoga sutras, which talks about all these priests and Brahmins used to actually leave and go and spend time alone in the forest, um, outside of modern world to, to kind of come back to themselves and get enlightened and, um, find the truth of who they were before they could come back and actually serve. And I feel like there was something in that, that I had to actually kind of step out of the world that had kind of, almost taken me under like a wave and um, before I could come back and do really what I needed to to do here. Um, So especially, and I think my, my whole journey is a little bit extreme just because I had a really extreme childhood and I had such a debilitating physical condition when I left that I really needed, like I needed that full five months to just be and heal myself and eat real vegan food. And I'm not vegan now, but it was really deeply healing to just eat nothing out of a package and just all of those things that we don't think about that all adds up in our modern lives. Totally. Totally. Well, I feel like I could keep like asking you more and more questions. And I know my audience is probably like, keep talking, (laughs) but, um, you know, I know you have a baby, <laughs> so <laughs> I won't keep you too long. Um, I just have the final well, two more questions. One, if our if anyone listening does want to get in touch with you or just read more of your stuff or get more you know into your work, um, what's the best or where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So um, first, I just want to say you just mentioned that I have a baby. So again, just for your listeners to understand that uh, you know five years ago was my rock bottom. 
where I left that relationship. And now I have a year and a half year old and a husband and I'm like the happiest in my relationship than I've ever been. So just again, little thing for those people who are like in their thirties going, but I don't have a baby. Totally. It can happen. It can happen so fast. And like, I tell this to everyone, especially my clients who are in their late thirties and early forties who are like, um, who don't have kids and are feeling panic about that. Um, it can happen really fast if you're really living in alignment. Um, cause then you're going to attract someone who else is there. And like, it just, it just goes like, it, and that's kind of what happened with, with CB and me. And I don't have to get in my story. because I've talked about that elsewhere on my podcast, but it's just, I mean, CB and I were talking about moving to Texas together well under, I can't remember exactly the timeline, but I think within six months of dating. And that's like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's like talking marriage when you're talking about moving across the yeah. country together. Um, and you know, like, okay, so I know this is not your guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure is watching the bachelor and people are like, Oh, it's only two months. And I'm like, well, there's lots of other problems with the bachelor, but the time actually isn't my problem. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I mean, so, and I'll, I'll actually answer your question here in a second, but, um, you know, Mike and I started dating in August. I think we, uh, I found out I was pregnant in mid October. Wow. That's how fast it was. So I think we actually like got pregnant like a month into our relationship and I've taken a lot of pregnancy tests in my life and prayed that they've been negative every single time and they all have been. But this time I actually, you know, just because of who I am, I already knew I was pregnant when I took the test. I just like had this deep knowing, but I saw the reading on it that said that I was pregnant and I knew that he was the one for me when I didn't freak out. I was like, okay, this is happening. Like it, it, I truly believe that my son's soul was just wait, just so waiting for, for us to meet so that he could come into this world. And so as soon as we met, he was like, oh, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's do this. <laughs> And, um, that story. and so he, you know, and he did. And, and as soon as that happened, it was just kind of like, okay, well, this is it. And there was no, you know, there was, of course, we're humans. So there was like the logistics and not wanting to rush into something because of a baby. So we were very, very intentional and mindful of the way that we did everything. And, um, but it just, it was, it, it was all right. And so it just clicked immediately and it all happened immediately. And, it's been absolutely amazing. So yeah, I think if you just do that, if you do the inner work to get yourself to the place where you're ready for it, as soon as you're ready for it, it's there for you. And that's, that's really the spiritual message of, of everything in this life, but especially with relationships. So in answer to your question, (laughs) (laughs) if you want to know more about my work or you're interested in looking at, you know, kind of what some of those deep seated beliefs are that you might have and wanting to look at healing those on an energetic space, you can reach me at rawandritual.com. That's R-A-W-R-I-T-U-A-L. And I'm on Instagram at rawandritual. That's pretty much where I live. There's also a Facebook page, but Awesome. Yeah. We'll put those links in the show notes for everyone Perfect. to listen. And if you follow me on Instagram, um, I'll definitely be tagging this episode in my feed, but then also in my story. So you can connect with um, Kristen that way as well. And the last question I ask all of my guests is what's your favorite way to treat yourself? 
So that's a really interesting question. <laughs> I like alone time. You know, it's it's like the simplest thing, but the the way I really treat myself is I give myself just the permission and place to just be without having to do anything. I think sometimes we we think of self-care as like, oh, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to go do whatever. And actually for me, um, treating myself is like giving myself a break of not needing to actually do anything or be anything and just being with myself. I love that. Yeah. I love hearing everyone's answers. And it's funny, I started asking this question when my podcast was date yourself radio. And I was all about like, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. And I never stopped asking the question, even as my brands change, just because like, I just love hearing what people's answers are. It's always so different. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming onto the show today. I know that your story um, inspired so many women. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time and just being vulnerable and sharing this with us. Thanks for having me. I feel like I could have talked all day with you. I know. We will soon. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.